our Bibles up to Matthew chapter 1. Certainly very encouraging to have a lot of the kids in our service today and do it a little bit different today. But uh, before we go ahead and get into the Word, I want to thank everyone again for last week and this week's service and all the hard work that was put into it. Uh, this last uh, Sunday night, we had a uh, Christmas banquet, and it was a very encouraging time, and uh, for those who were able to come, and uh, one of the things that we did as a church is that we gave out gifts, a little book that we wanted to give to everybody uh, in the congregation to read. If you were unable to make it or get a book last week, could you raise your hand really quick? It's 40 Days of Community. Uh, we have some. We'll give out some more, so let's pass those out really quick. Those books, so uh, just keep raising your hand and uh, books will come. We're saying one per family, and if you have a spouse that's obsessive about reading, then you can have two, but uh, we're trying to do it one per family. Keep the hands up high. We have more books. Let's pass those out. Then also, have an announcement that I'm very excited, uh, both uh, uh, Mike Eisenberg and Randy Moon, um, starting Sunday, June, or January 26th next year at 9 a.m. before every service for six Sundays, uh, we're going to have a class called The Life and Ministry of Paul. And it's a part one, it's the book of Galatians, and we're going to uh, basically it's learn how to study the Bible on a deeper level. Uh, that's the part that um, Randy would do, do, Mike will do on a superficial level. And so uh, I'm really excited uh, about that class. Uh, here's the book right here. So, amen. So, if, uh, do we have any more books? We're all gone. We'll have to get you next week. So uh, we have a few extra ones uh, that we'll be able to pass out. So, it's, it's actually going to be a great class. And I'm really looking forward to to Mike and Randy for taking their time to prepare that, and uh, it'll be an exciting class for the Northwest region. So, after this lesson, we'll have one more song, and uh, Alan will come up, and uh, there's a couple more short announcements, but we want to pick up where we left off last week. So, if you weren't able to be a part of the worship service last week, well, you can always go back to the internet and listen to a short lesson. It's only 20 minutes long. And what it was, last week's title was Amazing Names. And it's based on, there in the book of Matthew, the beginning of Matthew, where the birth of Jesus is foretold. And I want to pick up where we left off last week. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, and before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She shall bear a son, and you shall call him his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this put, took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, 
and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So the, the title of the week, last week's sermon was Amazing Names. Jesus has, the Christ has, two names. Certainly there's a lot of titles, but only two names. One, Jesus, which is, as I said last week, the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew name Josiah, which means Yahweh saves. So Yahweh saves, Jesus, Yahweh saves, but he's also called Emmanuel, God with us. And so Jesus has these two names, Jesus, Yahweh saves, God with us. And imagine walking around, maybe that's your first and second name, and everyone knows and understands what, the rep, what those meanings of those two names mean. And, and, and for us here today, my question for us is, what's the proper way to respond to G- Yahweh saves and God with us? If we're going to just take a moment and, and understand conceptually, what does it mean? How does that affect how we live? What would the answer be? Now, last week's the whole issue of was, was looking at those two elements, and it's about relationships, about how God loves us and, is, and has come to save us and come to be with us, come to walk with us, to give us that intimacy that we only truly can have through that relationship with God. We all need it. But now, how do we respond to it? And I believe that when we look at the story of the birth of the Christ, we see the two responses that I believe are the two appropriate responses that we ought to have. And the first one is the shepherds. And we're going to look over to Luke chapter 2, verse 6. And it's curiosity. The first way to respond, I believe, to understanding that Yahweh says and God is with us is having a curiosity heart or having a curious heart. Luke chapter 2, verse 6. The story of the birth continues, but in a different gospel. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to the first, her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9, chapter 2. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And there will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and in the earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they have heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of the eight days, he was circumcised. He was called Jesus, the name given by the angel, for he was conceived in the womb. You know, I don't know about your job. And I don't know what you think about your job. But shepherds, despised. It was a despised occupation. Most of the time, shepherds were accused of robbery, land squatting, out in the elements, lonely by themselves. It wasn't really the kind of job that people signed up to get. But on the other hand, shepherds had a tender side. Counting their sheep, lifting the little weak ones upon their shoulders, protecting them from the predators and from the elements. And all along, the society kind of looked down, and all along, they would kind of look out for those who needed need, had needs. But it wasn't a glorified position. And here we have these shepherds out in the, out in the fields, and all of a sudden, this angel shows up, and it starts speaking to them about the Christ. And it says, I have come and to bring you good news of great joy. And then a multitude shows up. And again, I appreciate the, the play we had last week and the teens. And, you know, it was fun. They did a great job. And, and you just kind of saw, it's like, oh, my gosh, the, the presence of an angel is overwhelming. Especially as one as theatrical as we had. <laughs> but what was the shepherd's response to this? The shepherd's response was, come, let us go. Let us go and see the things that the angels are telling us about. Curiosity. Eager to learn. Having the heart to know inquisitive, examining, arousing interest. These shepherds weren't content to see this angel, this multitude of angels. Then they had to say to each other, man, you know what, let's go check this out. Yahweh saves. God with us. I want to learn. I want to know. I want to inquire and be inquisitive about what God's trying to teach me. I want to preach. I want to pray, I mean. I want to read. I want to get together with other people. Because, see, I'm curious. What is it about this God with us? What is it about Yahweh saves? And, see, I believe that the shepherds had a had the first of two characteristics that I think anybody who wants to claim to follow Jesus must have. It's curiosity. Are we hungry? Are we seeking 
Are we willing to go and see and learn and understand? And then we see the second one, which is back in Matthew. And that's the wise men. Matthew chapter 2 now in verse 1. We're going to pick up where we left off in Matthew the first time we read a second ago. And it's worship. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 verse 12 through, through 12 it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he? Who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And he told them, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for this child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. You know, Herod is a piece of work. But it's not only Herod, it's all of Jerusalem and the chief priests and the scribes. And you see here a self-serving strategy. There's a self-serving strategy. If you don't understand that concept, self-serving means that you serve yourself first. See, we don't know this in the story, but what happened is that Herod was appointed king of the Jews by the Romans to kind of unify that area of all the different of different peoples and the small nations and kind of the, the Senate in Rome made Herod, okay, you know what, you're the king of all the Jews. Now we wanted this group to be kind of unified so we can order them around a little bit easier. And we understand through this reading here that Herod had a very superficial knowledge of the scriptures. He knew the Messiah was coming, but he didn't know when the Messiah was coming or where the Messiah was coming. So he had to go ahead and call in the chief priests and the scribes and you tell me what the Bible says. Because he didn't really know it himself, even though he was the king of the Jews. And what's interesting is that Herod should have rejoiced, but he did not. And in fact... Not only did he not rejoice at the coming of the Messiah, God with us, Yahweh saves, but he sent the wise men to go search for him. 
I'm not going to go. I want you to go and get all the information I need. Then come tell me. Then I'll deal with it, what I see fit. And lastly, he had to ask because he didn't know. And those he did ask didn't really care. What do you mean by that, Todd? Herod, king of the Jews, had to ask the chief priests and the scribes who knew everything about God in the, in the, Old, Bible, in the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Bible, our Old Testament. And even though he had to ask them for information, those who knew didn't do anything about it either. All of Jerusalem, the chief priests and scribes were all troubled by this news of the Messiah. But they didn't do anything about it. They were all a piece of work. And so then you have these wise you can just say the wise. Wise men, wise women, the wise. The wise showed up. And the wise said, we have come to worship him. Yahweh saves. God with us. We have come to worship him. Reverence. Exaltation. Awe. Devotion. Honor. Glory. Because God's with us. Yahweh saves. What other response should I have? How else should I deal with the Holy One of Israel? Great joy. Good news. Opened up their treasures. They offered them gifts. You can imagine the, the scene there. Maybe Jesus is a year old. We're not sure. Little baby running around and, and these wise men, wise people. I'm sure there's a little entourage. There are groupies following them. And they come and they bow and they worship. And then they start pulling out all these gifts and they start offering them to the little child. Why? Because they're worshiping them. They were in awe of who this was. So we have to ask ourselves, how do we respond? Do we respond in an appropriate way? If God is with us, if Yahweh saves, the shepherds and the wise went to see. The shepherds and the wise went to rejoice. The shepherds and the wise went to glorify and praise. Herod, all of Jerusalem, the chief priests and scribes sent others. Come, let us see. Come, let us go and see. How does that look like in our life today? You've got to ask yourself, man, how, what, what's our preparation coming to church on Sunday? Man. I got to leave the house at 10. Church starts. You got to get there. Oh, wait, wait. That's when it starts. It's not when we leave our house. Do we come in eager? Come in, do we, do we, are we excited about getting in the Bible? 
Are we excited about seeing God and different people and, and other people creating God's image? And, and so we want to be around spiritual men and women so we can learn and grow and understand. And so come, let's see. I want to know what God's trying to teach me. I'm hungry. Because I know what this world offers. And I'm not mad. I'm actually happy. I mean, it's the Christmas season. And I know at times that, that I haven't had an inquiring mind that wants to know. But man, after a while, you know, you just start working with people and you just, man, it's just like, are you curious? Are you, no, seriously, are you curious? Because if you're curious, you're going to push yourself. You're going to get out of yourself. You're going you're to go beyond because you want to know. And then worship. What gifts do you have? What gifts do you have that you can lay at the Messiah's feet, that you can lay at the, the, the God who saves, the God is with us? I'm going to lay. Man, I got this ability. I can do this. I can serve the brothers and sisters. I can serve the poor. I can help build the kingdom. I can give my gifts. How are we doing about giving gifts? And again, you know, we studied this out a couple weeks ago when we looked at that scripture on faith there about Abel in Hebrews chapter 11. And, you know, then, you know, I sent out some notes. I even sent, okay, if you're visiting with us, sometimes you got to go family time, okay? So if you're visiting with us, just, just put your e hands up against your ear and pause for a second. You know, I had an opportunity to send out some information about, hey, give you an idea of what a tithe is. Did you look at it? Did you even investigate whether or not you're giving it in accordance with your income? Church is doing phenomenal. When it comes to giving, the church is blowing it out. But what a time to talk about it. You don't need it. Not about me. It's not about building the church. Church has got plenty of money. The issue is whether or not we're trying to be disciples in offering that type of gift. I appreciate people stepping up and wanting to do classes like Mike and Randy. I appreciate that. That's good. That, they're gifted in that area, and I'm glad they're doing this. But I want to send you, I want you to go and you come back and tell me how they did. Some of you got it. Come, let us see. Being curious. Studying the Bible. Getting deeper. Talking to people. Man, I'm going to lay down what God has blessed me with. This is who I am. This is how he made me. I can give this way. I can give that way. I can build the kingdom. I can give my heart. I can love. Because that's a way of worship. Or do I crawl in? Do I barely make it? Do I show up when it's convenient? And that's not worship. Worship is sacrifice. And see, I believe both of these shepherds and these wise people, they sacrifice. Because, see, that was the appropriate response to Yahweh saves. That's the correct response to 
God is with us. It's overwhelming. And it elicits a response out of our heart. Because God has shown his love for us. So how does that look in your life today? We're all different. Where we are all different. We don't have a standard like, everyone's got to do this. That wouldn't be fair. Wouldn't be right. But I think that's where then we get people in our lives and we ask them questions because we want to respond in an appropriate way with what God, how God has blessed us. So, Jesus, the Christ, Emmanuel, has an amazing names. But there's also amazing responses. And I hope this morning as we continue, we sing one more song and, and, and hopefully respond to this lesson, that we'll, re- we'll evaluate our own hearts and ask how we are appropriately responding to God with us and Yahweh saves as we take communion and remember the sacrifice of Christ. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, we humbly come to you. Father, to love you, to glorify you, to honor you. God, it's, um, it's a privilege. I know this is just one part of our week that we come together corporately, that we can sing and pray and fellowship and encourage, but... Father, certainly worship is so much more than just now. It's, it's tomorrow morning, how we get up in the morning, how we read and pray. and It's how we treat our family. It's how we treat our friends. It's, it's how we live out the life of your son, Jesus. God, it's how we offer up ourselves, whether or not it's our talents or our finances or, or whatever. Father, I pray that each one of us will evaluate our heart and look at are we given a appropriate response to your son, Emmanuel, Jesus. Father, we want to come at this time to thank you for your son's life, certainly his death. And Father, as we take the bread and the, 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 the vine, Father, that we'll remember his life on this earth and his sacrifice that he gave for us so that we can have a relationship with you. God, help us to love you. Help us to change, repent if we need to. Father, help us to be encouraged if we need encouragement. Help to inspire us if that's what we need. God, give us, each one of us, what we need when we need it so that we can live this life of discipleship and honor and glorify you with the life, the short life that you've given us on this earth. We love you. It's in your son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.